Welcome back to Beat Seeker. I'm your host, Matt McButter. In each episode, we explore the shifting world of music with world-renowned experts and artists to take you deep, deep inside the fascinating and changing world of music technology and music discovery. And I'm your host, Mike Weider, reminding you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating if you like the episode. You can visit our website at beatseeker.fm where you'll find plenty of rabbit holes with extra content to dive into, guest backgrounds, and even a playlist with music recommendations from each of our guest episodes. Also, Beatseeker swag. You can stay current and talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BeatseekerPod. Social media influencers have massive audiences that can help catapult a budding musician's career. But the challenge for artists is how to get their attention. Unlike Coke or Pepsi, they can't afford to pay for placement. Our guest today was working at a record label when she stumbled on a brilliant idea. Why not create a matchmaking platform to connect these two groups together? Enter Thematic, a platform that connects content creators and artists across YouTube and other digital platforms. Launched in 2018, the Thematic community has grown to over 400,000 creators in 220 countries. Here to tell us their story is Audrey Marshall, one of Thematic's co-founders and their COO. Audrey is responsible for leading the company's product development, technical programming, and business development endeavors. She's been working with and connecting content creators with music artists, their labels and publishers for the last 10 years as a lead executive with the music media venture, Spin Move Media. We reached Audrey in Los Angeles. Audrey, thanks for joining us on Beat Seeker. Thanks so much for having me, I'm excited. Audrey, social media has become the way that young people are discovering new music. If a song gets picked up by an influencer and it goes viral, it can make a massive difference to the artist's success. Now, your company, Thematic, leverages this trend. Can you tell us what led you to start Thematic and uh, just tell us about the company and what it does? Sure. Yeah, it was born out of something we were doing very manually for a number of years. So back in 2008, 2009 era, which is ages ago when we're talking about technology in the influencer space, um, I was working with my co-founder, Mark Trobelgen, at his company at the time where it was independent music record label. And we really just started working with YouTube because it was a new opportunity to get music out there, right? Um, so we came across and started working with beauty influencer, Michelle Fawn, who was is like the preeminent beauty influencer in the space. So she had the first woman to hit, I think, a million subscribers, just crazy reach. And um, it was just really an opportunity for us where she was, you know, was like, hey, you guys do music. I need a song for my video. Like, and we had independent music artists were like, yeah, let's use this song. We're just about to drop the record. Let's make this a win. Just drop a link in the description to point it to probably iTunes at the time. And it was... Mm -hmm. We just saw this massive result and engagement come through from her viewership to land on that artist's video. And we were like, wow, this is this, this is working. This is doing something. So we really doubled down on the YouTube space and started working um, with YouTube rights management and working with music artists, independent music artists, and building out digital presences on YouTube, managing their digital strategy, and just organizing their presence overall in the YouTube space. And at the same time, we were working with content creators such as Michelle Fawn, um, among others who were looking for music for their videos. And we were constantly in this intersection of, I need music for my videos. So like personalized music supervision for these content creators, as well as influencer marketing for these music artists who were like, 
I need a summer song. Great. Let's do this. And it was just a very manual process. We could only service so many people being a very small team of just being like, okay, here's, let's make this happen. And it was after Michelle um, was sued by Ultra Records for music she used in her very early videos um, that she came out of that lawsuit and was just, you know what, I got, I can get through this, but I don't want any other content creator to have to experience this. I want to provide a safe, you know, experience when uploading content and getting it out there and the music. So she, she had used some music that she wasn't supposed to or didn't have the rights to. And then she got sued by the record label. Yeah, she, because yeah, I mean, she had permission from the artist, from the marketing team. She provided proof to YouTube. So there's like a whole okay. you can dig into that rabbit hole. Um, yeah, yeah. Because doesn't YouTube kind of flag this stuff and, and take it down right away if there's some kind of rights issue or or this stuff, I guess, slips through the cracks or, or sort of maybe this is newer enforcement mechanisms. Yeah, so when she was posting, it was probably the earlier days of YouTube pre-content ID. Got it. So mm. it was just like archived things that were coming out of the woodwork of but you know she got through it and the artists who were part of that uh music were like well michelle's done more for me than my label ever did and they stood with her they really appreciated the value that she provided so she came out of this situation being like i really liked having music in my videos and they really enjoyed the promotion so she came to us as her music team and said let's build something like let's bring this to the masses let's figure this solution out for all content creators who want to use great music for their videos let's figure out this solution who help music artists really get their songs in front of new audiences in an easy and affordable way like let's do this and so we just started building i've i've never built a product before but we just figured it out i'm a constant learner and here we are today right we have like half a million content creators and it, it's really wow. encouraging to see it's it's really fun and where where are those content creators mostly residing? Is it are you still primarily YouTube or is it across uh, you know other like TikTok and other short format? We focus primarily on YouTube uh, simply because they have a content identification infrastructure. That's love it or hate it, right? Content ID, love it or hate it, pros and cons. But it's a great mechanism to make sure that the creators uh, aren't running into claim issues when they're posting using licensed music. So we're able to control that on the back end and give them a seamless experience. And it was also our sweet spot in terms of that's where I have a specialty in digital rights management. And that's where Michelle obviously built her community. And we were able to use that knowledge to really get three steps ahead. Um, that being said, we are looking to expand to support other platforms in the near future, but we wanna do it to lessen any risk for content creators like it would not be great of us to you know like yeah post it everywhere and then they're running into issues so we want to make sure it's a value added on both that side but then also how do we make sure the promotion is there for the music artist in a meaningful way because with mm -hmm. youtube you have you know links in your description in a podcast does that talk you know is it in video is it in stream mention is it in the description and kind of figuring out the nuances there got it so the quid pro quo is that you can use my music as long as you give me some sort of attribution back. And so the artist benefits from visibility that they might not have otherwise had. The content creator gets the music they wanted. That's basically it. But nobody pays any money. Uh, exactly. It is a freemium model. So it is at the core value. It's free for music artists through and through. They can upload music. You know, I want to promote my Spotify player. And we make it available to influencers to browse, discover, 
download and license for their YouTube videos. So on the content creator side, it feels a little bit like a Spotify, like songs are curated for you based on what types of videos you're creating, your personal preference. Gotcha. Kind of match the um, the songs with their best fit influencers to give them the highest chance of success. We've placed like 98% of all the songs on our platform have received influencer promotion. So okay. we are striving to keep that high and have a good efficacy rate of promotion for the music artists. And then what we do for the music artists, we require the content creators to include that link of attribution in their video description. And then it doesn't end there. So all of who's using the music and what types of videos they're creating, we surface that back as data to the music artists in their dashboard. So they could see exactly who's resonating with their music, what types of videos. We've had some pretty interesting things where you have a music artist who's maybe say a hip hop, put the music on there and they're like, oh, my ideal audience is going to be X, Y, Z. And they find that it's a little bit different or com sometimes completely opposite that what they expected. They're like, oh, it's a beauty community in South Korea. That's really <laughs> loving my music. I had no idea. Like that's a missed opportunity that they may not have surfaced Facebook ad to. Got it. Yeah. Hmm. And would, would YouTube pay them for those plays or they wouldn't get any money from, from that side of things? Sure. It's a gratis license in exchange for promotion. So they're, instead of getting paid monetarily from those videos, it's the promotional okay. link. So what we found is in doing this manually, when Michelle, as an example, wanted to license a song for her video, she'd go to the record label. They're like, great, it's this amount of money every year. So as long as your video exists and we'll charge you more if it gets more views. So she would have to pay. And then we'd have music artists who are emailing Michelle saying, Michelle, how, like, I want you to promote my song. And it's just like, you know, that's a brand placement in influencer content. Influencers get paid pretty well to promote products, right? So they would charge each other for this service. So we found a way to, instead of charging each other, just exchange value. Right. Mm -hmm. In this case, there's there's something that they both want, whereas in the beauty case, if she's promoting some cosmetics or whatever, it's obviously she's going to have to get paid. That's how she makes exactly. money. But in the case of music, you know, she doesn't necessarily it's not her customer per se. I exactly. got it. So so if you think about, you know, the in the past, these major record labels were the gatekeepers for this industry. And if you didn't get signed, you couldn't afford to produce the song, promote the song, you wouldn't get on radio, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it seems like more and more of these walls are falling down, right? Like people can make the music in their bedroom, have it published to Spotify on the same day for like minimal cost. And and so as such, like we've seen this crazy explosion of music coming out, which is fantastic. Um, but I guess it's created a new challenge and that if I got 60,000 songs being posted to Spotify every single day, as an artist, my big challenge is how do I get, how do I get noticed? How do I get found amongst this ocean of growing content. So is that really the problem that you're solving in a sense for the artists, like getting, helping them deal with the, the promotion challenge? Absolutely. Yeah. We found that with many independent artists. So, you know, using DIY distributors, TuneCore, DistroKid, CD Baby, you name it. Uh, they have all the infrastructure, right? To create music easily. They can do it from their computer. They can have Logic or GarageBand or whatever they're using and record their music. And those walls have been reduced. And then you're looking at distribution and getting it out there. And those walls have been reduced with the distributors. And I'm like, I'm all for this. I'm all about the music artist being the CEO of their careers and not having to report to anybody if they don't want to, right? If they want to, that's their choice. 
please do it. But I love just giving them those options. So what we found was after they click submit on DistroKid and that song is up on Spotify and they email it to their friends and family and their existing fans, there's not a lot of infrastructure or options for these music artists to be like, well, how do I get it to new people? Like, you know, they can start emailing people, they can start going to playlisting services, service up some Instagram and Facebook ads, they could try to make some videos on TikTok, but it's there's no great resource, at least for the everyday independent music artist who doesn't have a huge team around them to really get their music in front of new audiences, especially at an affordable cost. So what we've done is give them that opportunity as that missing next step after clicking publish to Spotify of get your music placed in influencer content and get your music in front of new audiences and for that solution for them. Yeah. So is it, it, it sounds like it appeals, the value is is strongest to the artists that might not have a following, whereas if I'm obviously Drake or Taylor Swift, I don't need this. I got I got piles of you know teams of people who do this 24-7. Exactly. Is, but you know, is there do you have some examples, I guess, for artists where it's really helped them in a way to achieve the the reach or a bump in listeners uh, sure. that they're seeking? We've we've noticed like I'd say like 80% of artists report an uptick in streams on Spotify after using our platform. I, the, the caveat is I can't make a good song or a bad song good. It's not possible, right? As long as the music is quality, we're going to do our best to get it out there to as many new audiences. And the best thing about independent artists is that they all measure success in different ways. So if you ask like, what does success mean for you? It's, you know, I want to get 10,000 Instagram followers, or I want X amount of streams on Spotify, or I want to go on tour, or I want to sign to a major label, or I just want to create uh, recurring income streams so I can feed my family. And what's great is I've heard stories that achieve, help these artists achieve all of them. So we have artists who was uh, homeless living out of his car, and we now get him a regular stream of royalties because we all are also collecting uh, the UGC, the non-licensed um, royalties from YouTube and providing these back to the artists. And what we usually see is from the promotional videos, their UGC will increase as well. So while the Thematic provides those free licenses in exchange for promotion that does help to boost their regular content ID UGC earnings. We've also had artists who were able to get such social resonance from our platform, from the amount of users who were promoting the music, and they have decided to go on and sign to major label deals. So we've worked with artists such as Fiji Blue, who signed to Virgin. We've worked with uh, Odessa, who's been a longtime collaborator with Michelle and her content as well as Nikki Yor and Sunroof, which was that trending, to trending song on TikTok from earlier this year. Um, so he decided to go on and sign, I forget to which label, but it, you know, we've, we've helped them as part of their story to get that social resonance to achieve yeah, that's what awesome. their personal goal is. We, we've also, you know, we talked to a bunch of artists where, um, I guess they've said there's sort of an expectation now as an artist that you're on social media 24 seven and broadcasting to your fans. And some of them kind of felt like it was a bit of a treadmill that they felt burnout on and, or maybe just weren't predisposed to want to post, you know, incessantly on, on social media. They, they like to make their music, but I'm not a TikToker or whatever. So I guess in this way, this kind of gives a different outlet for it, right? That I can outsource that job to other influencers who are really good at it. Yeah, for sure. And it's a matter of, you know, not every artist or person or, you know, wants to be that personality on social media. Like if you think of 
Radiohead. Like, I can't imagine them making some TikToks. Maybe they do. But like, you know, there's just, you know, there's a, an alert to it totally, for yeah. some artists. And it's just that's not their creative release. And it's more of a, a business and, you know, chasing the algorithms. And it just kind of kills the vibe sometimes, depending on the person. Some artists thrive in it, which is great, too. But this definitely allows them a way to participate in social media and using that uh, social media giant and distribution engine to get the music out there without having to play the game mm. themselves. Very cool. And so you mentioned that uh, your business model is uh, a um, freemium model. So what does the premium tier get sure. you? So music artists, it's free through and through. We have a, a couple boosts of like if they want to get a, a download of all the placements they've ever had in an Excel sheet so they can go nerd out. Okay. We can do that. It's like one off, you know, $5 here and there. On the music, on the content creator side, it, it's free to start, and we have a premium tier that unlocks additional features, uh, like playlisting features, uh, different access on the site, as well as additional songs. So we have a uh, all songs start out as free, and once they've achieved a certain measure of success on the platform, and we've delivered a, an amount of value to them. Um, they become a premium song and at any time the artist can either opt out or keep their song on. But we found that most artists want to just keep it going because it's working mm -hmm. and then opt in additional songs. So we found that as a way where we had a, you know, we needed some decay on the music side, on the music coming through where the most popular song was going to continue being the most popular song. And we needed a chance to get that artist's next release and other artists songs front and center so it's just a matter of keeping it fresh, just like the Reddit homepage. I got it. So you put some of those songs into into the into the paid tier, and therefore gives the oh, the free tier a little bit more focus. Exactly, and it's only after you know it's been on the platform for so long or reached a certain measure of success because, um, and it, we let the artists know it, it's it's an achievement, so to speak, of you've achieved like supreme popularity on our site, like it's time to let your other songs get a chance as well. Hmm. And do you think, you know, this trending on, you know, on one platform or another is, is influencing the way that, that artists will create music. Um, I mean, do you think it's common for some, especially up and coming artists, you know, bedroom artists, maybe using logic or garage band in their bedroom to be thinking, I want to create some song. I want to create this song that will trend or that will have this hook that will trend. I, I looked at, you know, just some of the a random sampling of songs on thematic and I can already imagine some, you know, them. Uh, it's almost like they've been made tailor made to try to trend, right? Like all my friends are aliens was one uh, song lyric. Um, I love to hate you drank it up like i was looking at these and and they're all right i was picturing videos going you know creators making videos going to these totally i think it happens where you're you know after a certain period of time people just start to hack the platforms they're using i remember it back with spotify where they were like oh the skip rate is super important i'm cutting out an intro i'm just starting with the chorus right mm -hmm. they're like okay you're you're changing your song to that or like you're trying to become like I think Jason Derulo did it with that TikTok song back in early lockdown days of like he used an existing TikTok sound and made a song around it to trend on the platform. And so we've also started to see it on thematic where, you know, we'll have a song being uploaded like the ones you mentioned or more specifically one that's called, say, travel vlog. So they're literally creating pieces of music that would do well and they can envision it in a travel vlog. 
And I, I love it. It's just, you know, if the, if it's up to the creative and that's what energizes them, I'm all for it. But if they're also don't want to play the algorithm, yeah. we're going to help their song just the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just comes down to that personality type of the the creative. Sure. Yeah. Do you, do you think there is some backlash? I mean, I I've noticed a little bit of backlash from, from certain types of artists saying, you know, be pure to your art and don't kind of, you know, cowtail to the, to, to the algorithm. That's probably easy to say sure. once you're already successful, but I imagine sure. if you're staring down like zero monthly yeah. listeners that, they sort of, that's throw a that good point. Yeah. Or li- yeah. Living out of your car, as you said, and it's like, you know what? <laughs> I think I'll try and sell out. Okay. Right. And maybe it works for them, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they're making good music, like let's go for it. Mm-hmm. And, and so you said that also in, in your, uh, you know, future plans would be rolling out to other platforms or, you know, maybe getting into, um, TikTok. Do you think TikTok is going to be a tough one, a tough platform to crack just with the way that, uh, you know, the ability for, for users to just, uh, you know, pick trending sounds and kind of use those trending sounds already or those little trending hooks. I'm really excited about the opportunity on TikTok because the problem remains the same, I think, for content creators. Where in TikTok, you're obviously mostly creating in the app and on the fly and with YouTube, you're most likely creating, you know, on your computer or phone and then uploading. Sure. Mm-hmm. But what we're finding is, you know, it's, you know, you see it most everywhere is most people are cross-platform creators. So if they're creating on TikTok, or they're creating on YouTube, they may cross promote, but that song license doesn't necessarily transfer between platforms. So as an example, when we were seeing a song of ours that was on TikTok and trending on TikTok, and those users were uploading those videos to YouTube or YouTube shorts, and they didn't have a license, they were getting claimed for it. And they're like, no, I got it on TikTok. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I'm like, it's a different licensing infrastructure. And so I think if there's a platform where we're almost that automated music supervision for content creators where they can come to us first and understand that they can use this music anywhere they want. I think that's a great opportunity for them to feel protected, especially if they're more uh, say mid-tier or high-level content creator who doesn't want to risk, you know, using right. a trending song if they have a brand promotion, right? Mm-hmm. If they're using a sponsored product that may not be allowed with that trending song on TikTok and they need to make sure that they're not breaching any agreement. Yeah, especially if you just handle all that for them in the sense that I create one I create one video with a music pairing and all the licensing is done for me across every platform that I would care about and then I post, boom, it's done, it works, it doesn't get rejected. Like I could see how that would be powerful. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so that's cool. the ultimate vision. Yeah. Makes sense. It's all pre-cleared. So that yeah, that I'm so very excited to see uh where this goes, Audrey. And uh we like to ask our guests uh, towards the end of the podcast if they have a music recommendation. So what are you into lately? Uh, I would be lying if I said anything other than Metric's new album, Formentera. It's been on repeat all summer. Um, if I had to call out one song, I would go for False Dichotomy. That, that's uh, my favorite right now. Nice. I noticed that uh, they just had a show in, in LA too, maybe back in July. I know uh, a, a friend of mine took his daughter down to uh, to LA for it. They're my all-time faves. Whenever they're in town, I'm there. Like, that's my one band. Nice, nice. And uh, and lastly, so if listeners want to uh, follow you or your work, where do they go? Sure. Um, HelloThematic.com is where you can find the site. If you're a music artist, it's HelloThematic.com slash artists. Uh, I have a profile on there. From there, you can get all my social links. I'm on Twitter at Audrey Marshall. 
And if you really like hiking and travel pictures, I'm on Instagram at Audrey J. Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Audrey. Yeah, thanks, Audrey. Thanks so much. I appreciate you guys having me here. You've been listening to Beat Seeker with your hosts, Matt McButter and Mike Wider. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. While you're there, leave us a rating and a comment and share it with your friends and colleagues. If you want to dig deeper into this content, visit BeatSeeker.fm. That's B-E-A-T Seeker.fm. And if you want to be part of the show, check out our Patreon link. Interact with us on social media at BeatSeekerPod. BeatSeeker is recorded in the Devil Lake Studios and the Tunnel Under Arundel. The show is produced by Matt McButter, Mike Wider, and Kate McCartney. Tim Ratledge is our editor. Thanks for tuning in and keep seeking.